5,000 years ago. Condock was a melting pot of brews, pilsners, IPAs, and stouts. But most of us had nothing to drink except for the backwash of leftover beer. Condock needed a bureau. Instead, they got me. I chugged what needed to be chugged, and they imprisoned me for it. Now, 5,000 years later, I'm free. And I give you my word, no one will ever stop me from sharing brewskis again. Hops and box office flops. A place where we can celebrate the underdog films, the bombs, the disasters, the much maligned movies that have drowned in their infamy. So please sit back, grab a beer, and enjoy the show. And welcome back. This is our 184th episode of Hops and Box Office Flops presented by Wabam Entertainment. We are the internet's premier podcast for bad movies and mostly good beer. Tonight, we begin our look at films that flopped hard in 2022 with the film that didn't change the hierarchy of power in the DC universe, Black Adam. I am the Thunderous Wizard, and along with me tonight for this venture into the gang-ravaged landscape of Kondok are the leader of Amanda Waller's goon squad, Chumzilla. This is totally not a uh, Suicide Squad movie. Nope, not at all. The man who crafted Dr. Fate's helmet, Captain Cash. I mean, it is definitely not a Suicide Squad movie. And I did make the Dr. Fate helmet. I should go get that. It was was pretty righteous looking. It was not bad. His whole, yeah, his whole outfit rules. And Inner Gang's hover bike trainer, Bling Blake. Don't touch him. He's made of lightning. Too hot That's to also very good advice if you ever meet the Thunderous Wizard in person. Mm-hmm. Yes, I am. How do you think he's got his name? Definitely was right. Hundred percent. Uh, a Wu Tang name generator. Nope. I'm, I'm like the Gremlin from Gremlins Two that they used to kill all the other Gremlins partying on New Year's. You mean the sexy Gremlin? Nope. Nope. Wait, no. Is, no. The, the the other lightning Gremlin. The, the other sexy Gremlin got it. There it is. I know that the sexy gremlin made your hairs and other things stand at attention, but no, not that one. hey So, <laughs> points of order. You can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Hops and B.O. Flops. And Wobam Entertainment on Twitter and Instagram at W-O-B-A-M-E-N-T. Black Adam is now available to stream on HBO Max. I bought it because I do things like that. And I actually like this movie. Now, let's talk beer. Tonight, we're drinking Deschutes Black Butte Porter, named for the iconic Black Butte, which towers high above Central Oregon. This balanced porter features notes of rich chocolate and coffee. It carries a Captain Cash non-approved 5.5% ABV, but with a flavor like this, I think you can forgive that. I do think it is a, a pretty tasty beer, frankly. Yeah, I would give it two and a half, three movies, bad movies. If I was to rate it, Bling Blake, you've had this many times. What would you say? I have, uh, unfortunately, could not find it locally uh, here this week, but uh, I'm a big fan of this beer. Uh, so for me, it's it's three movies all day. It's not so strong that you uh, get tanked off it fast, and uh, it's an easy sip and porter. Um, enjoy it with some movies. It's very smooth. So, I mean, and that's kind of the nice thing. When it's this smooth, and if it was like an eight, you're in a little bit of trouble. So Yeah, that's fair. Let's talk 
the tale of the tape for Black Adam. It was directed by Yame Colette Serra, who also directed The Rock and Jungle Cruise. He's also a frequent director of Liam Neeson action movies. He helmed Unknown, Nonstop, The Commuter, and Run All Night. That's a lot of Liam Neeson kicking ass and taking Geritol. I mean, perhaps that directorial style uh, explains some of The Rock's lack of emotion while making this movie. Dude, are you sleeping on Liam Neeson's range? Hey, I'm not saying Liam Neeson doesn't have range. I love Nell as much as the next guy. I'm just saying that... Yeah, throwing a belly back. Deep Uh, cut. (laughs) I'm just saying, his action movies, he tends to play more of the strong side of the type. You know what? I'm just saying, if Liam Neeson had appeared in this as Dr. Fate, that would have made sense. He was probably busy doing another action movie. What I have are particular sets of helmets. helmets. I'm a man. Make me a nightmare. For people <laughs> yeah. <like you. laughs> I'm a man with a particular set of magical skills. Now, you leave Kondak. Forget the whole thing. Go our separate ways. I will read your future, and I will find you. I will find uh, you. You'll be in contact. So. Black Adam stars the lesser half of the Rock and Sock connection as Black Adam slash Teth Adam. We've got Aldous MC Ren Hodge as Hawkman, Pierce 007 Brosnan as Dr. Fate, Noah P.S. I Love You Centineo as Adam Smasher, Quintessa Trinket Swindell as Cyclone, Sarah Bullet to the Head Shahi. That's right. She was in Bullet to the Head. Welcome back to the pod. Welcome back. Oh, my God. What I wouldn't give to watch Stallone burst through a wall in this movie and yell, you motherfucker. <laughs> How is he not Adam Smasher? That's just that would be their one F-bomb. Yeah, so that's good. And yeah. they, they didn't use it. So, you know, uh, she's Adriana. You've got Bodhi, the annoying kid, Sabongui as Amon and Marwin Jafar Kanzari as Ishmael, Sabak and King Octon. So, guys, if Jafar is in your movie, don't trust mm-hmm. that son of a bitch. Fact. Yeah. I learned anything <laughs> from the questionably presented cultures brought to me by Aladdin and, frankly, this movie. It is to not trust Jafar. If a guy talks to a bird, he's bad news. Also <laughs> not good. Almost never good. Yeah, not good. Would you say him? Yeah, would you say yeah. that you that you should not trust that person any Jeff farther than you can throw them. Um, oh my gosh. You shouldn't uh, throw anybody with to... your bad knee bling. <laughs> I'm like... gonna I'm gonna go ahead and just check out for the night, guys. I think I'm done here. That was oh, that was amazing and well earned. Yeah. Enjoy I'm a big fan of off. wordplay, but not that wordplay. <laughs> Sorry, I apologize. Uh so Black Adam was released in October of last year. It uh failed to conjure up any magic with either audiences or critics on a budget of 195 million. Plus forty million of additional reshoots, it grossed just three hundred ninety-two point wow. nine million. It has a wow. Metacritic of forty-one and sits at thirty-nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes with two hundred eighty-nine reviews. I think the reviews are slightly unfair. I get the box office because it's Black Adam and he's a he's not a top-tier character, so yeah i get and the rock is not he's he's not tom cruise like he opens semi big and finishes 
somewhere around this area for most movies. And to be fair, T-Dubs, it's not like a super heroic movie. Not, it's not to say that uh, Black Adam isn't somewhat of an anti-hero in reality, in the comics, and the source material, and in this movie. But you don't watch this thing coming out like just going, Black Adam, Black Adam, Black Adam. It's it's yeah. a mixed it's a mixed bag. There's a movie. So it's yeah, it's not a real chest thumper. I guess well, and from what I understand, they had to cut this movie several times to get it to be PG thirteen, violent enough to be PG thirteen. Because this movie is yeah. fairly violent and lots that's, of deaths. That's why it's I enjoy not, it. Because it's not I, very gory though. I mean, and they're all yes. pretty like they're all like pretty like pretend deaths. It's but, just as bad as laser beam shots and GI Joe. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He, he makes a bunch of people spooky skeletons mostly. Yeah, right. I think the, the the grossest thing you get is he severs an arm throwing a guy so hard. But honestly, it's Which, all pretty mild to me. But... Honestly, that's like one of the and best no scenes blood. in the movie, though. I and mean, that's the worst well, part is when he he shows up that first time and wrecks that Merc squad. That's that's pretty. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a good. But scene. Yeah, yeah, but do you want to base your multi-million billion dollar franchise on a scene like that? That's eh, that's a tough bet. This is DC where they made two really awesome rated R movies that made no money. And they made one rated R movie that made a billion dollars and is about a yeah. mentally ill guy. So ba- Batman killed a guy. Well, no. And, and this is, and again, I, you know, I'll make the joke. I mean, this is kind of like a suicide squad movie too. It's an extension of that. Well, it is very much. I mean, Amanda Waller like sends a group of people to go kill somebody. Of course it's a you're, suicide you're squad. You're making a joke about that, but that's what, Suicide Squad 2 was supposed to be before James Gunn came on board. Well, well when it was attached movie, to Gavin O'Connor, they were going to fight Black Adam. Yeah, well, and, and this movie is very much a suicide-esque type tale. I can see that. I mean, Amanda Waller shows up, as Mr. Blake has pointed out. We get a movie where the Justice Society of America is kind of spun as a somehow an extension of the suicide squad network i'm not a dc guy i'm not exactly sure how that all well, works my it's understanding not... is more waller is a, a power broker yeah. telling sure heroes, yes hey here's what's going on you waller's all on over dc comics like well, she and, worked for but, Lex Luthor. Is, she sure but as in a some jobs film audience member i'm like well this is a suicide squad deal I'm with you, Jumpzilla. But the way I kind of read that was that like sure. some 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 jobs are Suicide Squad jobs, and some jobs are Justice Society of America jobs. Like Which, like, hey, everybody's gonna die. Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. <laughs> Hence yeah. the name. Oh, then we gotta get a chance of winning this thing. Justice Society. Yeah, Perfect. exactly. These guys are the A teamers. Agreed. Before we get into any of that more. Um, some more behind the scenes of Black Adam. So James Gunn and Peter Saffron, as most people know, are just about to set their plans for the revamped, repackaged, recasted DC Universe. And The Rock's Black Adam appears to be a one and done. So despite the glorious tease of Henry Cavill at the end of this film, this is it for him. Uh, we'll talk Ouch. more about the behind the scenes jockeying that took place when we get to our lingering questions about the film. Now we're going to do our one-sentence descriptions of Black Adam. We'll start with Bling Blake. How would you describe Black Adam in one sentence? 
the Scorpion King meets Blast from the Past, and a murder ensues. Okay, yeah. Uh, Captain Cash. I mean, it was the best Doctor Fate movie I've seen. 100%. (laughs) Chumpzilla. Pac-Man graciously allows Black Adam to appear in his origin film. Okay, I would... uh, I I mean, all that is fair, but literally this movie is just... Murder is cool as long as you think it's for the right reason. Uh, That's... USA. 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 I mean, mm-hmm. not wrong. Mm-hmm. Still, <coughs> wow, oh, oh, that's uh, pretty, pretty real. Too, pretty real. Too close, too close to home there, Bling Blake. Because, uh, like several other superhero movies that have come out this year, Thor, for example, right, or even some of uh, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, this movie gets very confused on what it's trying to say, in favor of at the end, like eh, if the Rock can kick the shit out of somebody, let him do it. Yeah. I mean, I'm just going to say it now because I don't know if it'll come up later. The political implications of Black Adam are heavy at the very least. Well, I mean, that's the thing. This movie has a lot of interesting themes or interesting plot points mm-hmm. that they just abandon and go, all right, big CGI fight in the sky with a sky beam because it's 2015. <laughs> That's a very good point there, Captain Cash. A lot of interesting, somewhat heavy points are brought up in this movie, and none of them are addressed. At the same time, though, you do get a pretty complete superhero story, but it's not it's, it's not extremely well, satisfying. S- save it because that's lingering questions right now. This movie does okay, bring fine. up this movie does bring up themes, and they do make mm-hmm. sense, and it does address those themes, but by the end, it's basically like, well. We won, so let's forget USA. all that. USA. Yeah. USA. So, the ends justify the means yeah. every time without yeah. exception, no questions asked. So George W. Bush is not a war criminal. My favorite Wait. part of the movie was when Black Adam showed up behind a big banner that said mission to accomplish. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a deleted scene. Um, the actual description of Black Adam is nearly 5,000 years after he was bestowed with the almighty powers of the Egyptian gods and imprisoned just as quickly, Black Adam is freed from his earthly tomb, ready to unleash his unique form of justice on the modern world. That is that is the movie, essentially. So let's get into the plot, which I won't go into great depth because we can talk about some of the stuff in the questions, but feel free to bring up some of the dumber yeah. shit that happens in this movie because well, there is some Before we do, before we get in too far into it, like, can we discuss the unique for the unique form of justice that is going on a vengeful rampage and killing everybody you come across that does seem very unique it is murder so uh the black adam is essentially you get it it is all i'm trying yeah black adam is kyle rittenhouse and he feels that he can just go around shooting people oh my fucking god we're going off the rails early tonight the dark one and then you just like took that and just like floored it to yeah. 11 I, you're not wrong but wow no more friday wow. night recordings yeah after yeah. black adam freed conduct he was offered a sponsorship with black rifle coffee and was put on fox news with tucker carlson to discuss how his lightning powers are super sweet <laughs> i mean 
You're not wrong, but wow. Do the plot before we lose, before we lose our Tubi sponsorship. Yeah, Tubi, we're sorry. Uh, Tubi and you, we and you, we believe all hail Tubi. We're sorry. I'll tell you, Black Rival Coffee never going to sponsor us now. It's not happening. First off, that coffee tastes like fascism and it sucks. But coffee is made of liberal ashes and tears, it'll make you stronger. So here is the plot. In ancient times, Kandak was a thriving country. That is until King Octone's reign began. He lusted for power and enslaved people, forcing them to dig for Eternium, which is sort of like Vibranium or Unobtainium or any other stupid mineral with an inium at the end of it. Right? Right? It's the blue stuff from Fortnite. Yeah. Anyway, with it, he can forge the crown of Sabak, not the card game from Star Wars, which would make him an agent of the devil that is capable of ushering in hell on earth. That would probably be bad. So the ancient council of wizard grants a young boy, the power to stop him. Shazam. Their fight nearly destroys Kondak. Now fast forward a few thousand years and inner gang, which is essentially uh, an outside military force controls the country. What a very they, confusing name for intergang, uh, yeah. multinational mercenary. Like I was like, wait, I thought when I first saw it, I thought the, I thought the mercenaries were there to keep intergang from doing whatever it is. They were, I thought they were warlords or something. I was very confused. I now here, here we come back to conservative comparisons. This is essentially Eric Prince's Blackwater, and then it, it's Blackwater, but with Blackwater, sci-fi yeah. guns, but like cooler. But yeah, but with hover bikes that can fucking yeah, teleport. Like, so like regular rifles, but but flying bikes because of the because they are mining eternium and, right and, and somehow they're a paramilitary force that can subjugate a nation i well oh blackwater could do that pretty pretty handily yeah. they got f-150s with 50 cal turrets in the back it's awesome. I oh think, yeah no uh, fair. i think the, the big point of contention here is you guys are all overlooking the fact that they have regular guns despite having access to eternium and folding rods where the fuck are their laser swords yeah, Why? I wait. Yeah. Is, is is this a crawl joke? No, they should have like really cool like weapons, like yeah, hand to hand combat like, weapons, like in crawl. Wait, no, well, that's a glaive. That's different. Well, I mean, whatever. it could be wielded hand to hand, but that's a throwing weapon. Uh, but no, yeah, they should have weapons that are not just cool, but when they use them, it's recognizable technology from somewhere else we've seen in a DC universe. That would have been really neat. Like if they threw something that looked like a batarang or you know anything like that, there was so, a, so, a trident no. that no, did no, So something. now Batman is a paramilitary fascist. Uh, I'm not saying he's not. Boys, but, I mean, he boys, is. it was explained with one line of dialogue. Their magic is weak. Yeah, batarang is trademarked, so you can't just go around making those. Okay, that, you can't sell those on I mean, the black the kid market. From Shazam had one. Yeah, because he. Sure. Replica on the internet. It wasn't used to like subjugate a third world country. Well, I mean, Batman didn't subjugate a third world country. That we know of. Wayne Enterprises. Hold on. Wayne Enterprises is basically the Nestle of the end. Where do you think all those batarangs? I was going to go with Halliburton, but yeah, same, same. There is a there is a batarang sweatshop in Condock, in fact. That he Apparently makes all so. his supplies at. So, anyways, well, um, that's where that's certainly where the Flash gets all his suits. Yeah. So keep it going, thunderous. As, be all, here all this, day. 
As all this is going on, Adriana uh, and some other citizens of Kandak are attempting to find the crown of Sabak before it falls into the hands of Intergang. Uh, she, of course, hits the fan and she resorts to summoning Black Adam as a last desperate resort. In some sort of religious rite that she was aware of or something? Well, she, she's a, she, by all accounts, she's a basically scholar. studied the history yeah. of Kandak like she was a professor mm-hmm. or something and she, she chose why an archaeologist yeah she's mm-hmm. yeah she's indiana jones that's yeah. the way i i got it like, but yeah okay no, yeah. it's just yeah. it was just very fortunate that they happened to have their showdown in the place where the five thousand year old trapped uh hero happened to be residing at the time yeah where the angry uh, genie hero, from man. aladdin lives yeah like so, it mm-hmm. does make sense that you keep the ultimate weapon of power right next to the thing that destroys the ultimate weapon of power that is very convenient very for convenient. everybody in the story so he murders many many people this becomes a theme in some of the best parts of the movie yeah his violence forces waller to send in the justice society which is hawkman dr fate cyclone and adam smasher to stop this vengeful and confused Black Adam. So wait, hold on. Quick question. Is that her A plot or B plot for the next uh, Suicide Squad movie? Is she just had the Justice Society of America in her back pocket? Or is this now officially a Justice Society of America level event? Yeah, I think it, it just depends on who the bad guy is, right? You can't yeah. send in the. Ju- no, that's my question. I mean, I mean, this is a silly question because you watch Suicide Squad, right? Not the Correct. shitty one. She both. sends them there because I they are some both. They are supposed mm-hmm. to destroy government secrets. If you send Doctor Fate there, he's like, "Oh, you're in big trouble, bitch! I found out what you did." Right? Okay. <laughs> yeah, so, he so, knows. So, like, the only so, reason I bring this up because I agree with you 100. percent they just needed to somehow make that more apparent. Every comic book movie is not that kind of movie because every comic book movie we watch now, people fail to show up for seemingly no reason, and we don't understand why because yeah. it's oh, not that no. kind of movie. I'm just you just have to I'm accept just saying, it. Like, that's that's yeah. the movie. I'm just saying, if they would just given this more oomph with her appearance, like holy shit, I'm here because it yeah, would have helped. It would have helped. Well, they yeah, do, I, they say that they're they're getting something under control because they know he's not who he is saying he is. They know what he fair. actually did was nearly destroy the country, and he is sort of a false god, which he is, which we don't get explained until later because he was sure. not the chosen god. No, that's fair. So, that's fair. I mean, all that stuff makes but, sense. I mean, honestly, if Toby Emmerich wasn't a sack of shit, they would have just sent in Superman, but he didn't want to bring back Henry Cavill for four years and the rock had to fight tooth and nail to get a goddamn cameo that means nothing now so honestly honestly that would have been amazing but we're just as, as much as i want to shit on the rock for being a dick and a bit of a douchebag for having maybe an overinflated ego with this whole thing but at the end of the day would anybody complain about a movie with henry cavill as superman showing up just to stare down the rock to set up a sequel Fuck no. Um, Everybody would have lost their goddamn minds for that. And it would have been amazing how WB couldn't see that and how The Rock couldn't convince them otherwise. It just absolutely escapes me. Uh, WB is is stupid. Christopher McQuarrie offered to write and direct a Superman movie. And they told him, no, thank you. Christopher McQuarrie of the man who directs the last three Mission Impossibles, which are all frigging incredible. They're stupid. The regime was dumb, and we can only hope brighter roads are ahead. Uh, 
for, I mean, for all the issue, this, issues this movie has, uh, The Rock being a edgy bad guy is not one of them. Truthfully, I think you've hit on the problem here. The Rock is not a bad guy. He's not even an anti-hero. He doesn't do anything in this movie where you'd go, he kills a couple people, but so did Superman, Batman. Not a couple. The Suicide uh, Squad. He, he does, hundreds of people. He, he, he kills several hundred people. He, he does it willingly. Like yeah. He's, indifferently but you know is he is he absolutely malicious no no he's still redeemable but would i like to agree that he's redeemable but he's a hundred percent malicious very much an anti-hero he's very much the punisher with lightning venom venom very much of venom violence but would i like to see superman teach him a lesson and maybe bend him back towards the right side fuck yeah i would that'd be yeah that'd be fun now hold on we were going to ask about that later so let's save that because or two main two main plot threads: Justice Society attempting to subdue Black Adam, and the reveal that one of Adriana's compatriots is working with Intergang to get the crown. It's that asshole Jafar, by the way, which I hinted <laughs> earlier. Surprise! Right. Surprise! It, it, he's evil as shit the whole time, right? Yes, because Ishmael is the descendant of King Octone, and he wants to take back control of Kondok by force because he wants it back to the glory days where his family was rich. And the poor were poor, and he was unchecked in his power, and yada yada yada. But if you pay yeah. close attention, like the first time I watched it, I didn't realize it was the same actor playing both no. characters. Both characters, the, yeah. The makeup job is know. really good on the, the teeth. It's the it's teeth. The, it's the grill, yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> and the dumb haircut. So Ishmael, oh, yeah. he confuses personal greatness with actual true thriving country and where people are happy and uh, doing well. Uh, of course, his actual ascent to becoming Sabak comes after Black Adam finally agrees to ease up the murdering. So now they actually have, they actually need Black Adam and his awesome murdering skills to stop K- Tim Curry's devil from running amok. <laughs> Spoiler, he does by ripping him in half. That was cool. Hard, hardcore. That was a good cool one. King Shark. <laughs> that, was Thus, a good, that was a good one. The moral of the movie is, as I said, don't tell our hero how best to handle shit. Murder is cool, especially if it gets us what we need. Welcome to Truth, Justice, and the Black Adam way. Mission accomplished. Yeah. So, Black Adam, how many beers are required? We'll start with Captain Cash. How many beers? I mean, so when I went and saw Black Adam in the theater, I think I had four. And I Ooh, feel like that's aggressive. Three. Yeah. I mean, that's high three four i think none i don't think it any of its pain necessarily but i do feel like the movie is paced really strangely and the action is a lot of fun so it's good for that but all the story around the action yeah so i, I feel yeah. like a lot of connective tissue is missing and mm. not to say like having a shorter movie is bad you know because i recommended avatar and i said yeah you could cut 25 minutes out of avatar but there feels like 20 minutes of stuff in this movie that's just not here that would help the plot a little bit. Because this movie is literally just all action scenes and The Rock yeah. basically telling people, if you do try and smell what I'm cooking, I'm going to kick the shit out of you. So, uh, don't get too close. Yeah. Chumsil, what do you think? How many beers? Oh, you know, I would say it's three mostly enjoyment beers. The, the movie's a little stop and go 
you could probably shave this thing down a bit and make it probably more action oriented and coherent. Um, but it's not a bad movie. And I think we've all kind of hinted at it and, and maybe not completely beat it over the head like we should, but Hawkman and uh, Dr. Fate, the Justice Society of America characters are so much fun in this movie. They really are. The Rock's not terrible, but I, I I hate to say it, but I think he gets you know outshined a bit by the co-stars because those characters are so much fun. So that's what keeps this movie you know all in the fun territory of three beers. It was a very odd choice by The Rock himself to say, "I want to play the least charismatic character that you have and, available." And he's not terrible, but the other guys are so much fun. It's weird. They have personalities. I I actually really like him in this movie. I get what he's going for i love yeah. hawkman and i love dr fate and the two kids are are good but they're not bad yeah i, I think Centineo is just there to be a cyclone yeah the adam yeah. smasher is there to be a punching bag and it's very funny and it's efficient and it works yeah i don't know yeah. i i feel it, like both adam smasher and what is it we just said cyclone cyclone that's like hurricane Whirlwind knows on it. Close enough. Yeah. Sadly, right. not Red Tornado. Why couldn't she just be Red Tornado? That would have also. No, I was going with Typhoon. Way, Typhoon's a better name. Only to eleven. Yeah, she could have been one half of the natural disasters from WWE or WWE. All I'm trying time. to say yeah. is Yokozuna. They were barely characters. Yeah. Well, but, but those guys were clearly the punchline characters. So I mean, I, I get it. Sort of. This movie required some levity here and there, and uh, and while while I think Hawkman and Doctor Fate did an okay job with it, like we needed something. Like even that stupid joke where he was like, "I'm zeroing in on your position," and the explosion happens behind him, and he's like, "Damn it!" and turns around. Like, well, and and you get you get the uncle too, and the uncle's terrific. Oh Baby, come man, back. Henry Winkler! I could have give me another oh, like give me five minutes of him. Well, not, well you not get ten seconds. You get his uncle, but Amon's uncle, the heavy set oh, yeah. guy. Oh, oh yeah, he's yeah, great. yeah. I like he's, it. Yeah, yeah. He's like probably my yeah. favorite part of the movie. You know, some women like a bald spot, curly on the outside. This Smooth isn't, <laughs> yeah. This isn't how you die. How do I die? <laughs> By electricity. Oh, I'm an electrician. <laughs> like, that's, that was a deal with that. That was funny. Yeah, yeah that was good. I uh, did like him. He was so, good. So, how many beers, Bling Blake? Um, I gosh, I feel like uh, I went a little heavier on it uh, than than you guys did. I went with like four to five. Um, yeah, okay, it's understandable. It's, it's two hours, so mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like if you're cruising with one every thirty minutes, you're not you're not like pushing the limit at all, and. You know, there there just are a few little slowdown parts that get a little bogged down. Like, I, I mean, I, I'll be the first to admit I'm going to get into this a little bit later in the lingering questions. But like, I didn't know who any of these people were. Like, I didn't read any of these comics. Like, this is a deep dive uh, for me because my knowledge of comics and superheroes is very surface level. Um, so it was like, I, I didn't know who anybody was and I had questions. Um, I had to watch this movie a couple of times. So like catch up on stuff. Uh, yeah. you know, I, I did not know that Dr. Fate was his name until the uncle got shot. And he was like, he's like, am I going to live? And he's like, you can call me Dr. Fate. Um, like I was like, Oh, oh that's his name. Oh, cool. I didn't know that. That was just Pierce Brosnan. So, so for me, four to five, uh, maybe yeah. two pain, but 
not for any particular reason. Mostly just I'm gonna drink some beers and have fun. It was a fun movie. I really enjoyed it. Well, to your defense, there, uh, Mr. Blake, those characters are not particularly well known outside of like semi-hardcore comic circles it's not like they've been adapted into other properties and been in tv shows or anything like that like hawkman dr fate you know adam smasher he's a little bit off there but you know but no hawkman and dr fate they are like i would say i don't know captain cash help me out here like I'm pretty BC sure level type oh, yeah, DC characters. Least, yeah. yeah, but they've been around a long time. But but they've they yeah. had action figures in the 80s. Yeah, I when had we, a Hawkman action figure from the superpowers line. Dr. Fate was a fucking awesome action figure from the superpowers line. Yeah. Like they are a thing, but outside of comics and comic-centric media, they haven't really been TV or movie properties up to this point. So that was, it was a bit of a deep pull for Black Adam to bring them in. Yeah, so, and so don't, so don't feel too bad. Don't be too self-conscious. So that's saying. a good point for when we talk about what could have fixed this. But just to wrap up this section, for me, sure. this is four beers, three enjoyment beers, because I think the action mm-hmm. scenes in this movie are really well shot. They're well-framed. They're cool. Oh, hold on. The airplane stuff is badass, and that was a great introduction of the character. And I loved, I loved that. I love that. That's as good as anything we got with Iron Man or any of the the MCU introductions of flying characters. That was sweet. And the end is relatively painful. Not the, the you know the the bad guys, whatever you know. Most uh, comic book movie bad guys are pretty forgettable, but the whole like. Well, we're not going to give up conduct. Conduct's ours. We're going to fight this undead army. It's like you guys didn't want to deal with inner gang, but you're going to deal with demons from hell. No, they're all running. Yeah, that was that was very transparently a. Well, we can't have them fight inner gang that are actual humans because that might make the Kondaki people seem bad. So well, they'd also all die because they would get shot to death. It's it was just dumb, and it was it was reminiscent of the other dumbest comic book movie scene of the year which was uh the shameful ending to thor love and thunder where he's like here kids take my thunder powers and now let's use another guns and roses song poorly and you will fight the demons from hell and it's like now this is dumb this all of this is dumb this is terrible it It looks terrible it's dumb at least they weren't I mean, at least that was more fantastical, and this was still slightly like. No, there's no defending Thor: Love and Thunder. There's none. There's no I, defending that scene. There's no defending that movie. Okay, disagree, but let's move on. Yeah. So I mean, sure. Never ruin Guns <laughs> and Roses again, please, Taika Waititi. Thank you. So let's take our first break. Sadly, and I feel like I have to do this because it was announced today, and this won't drop today, obviously, but we usually kick it to our brothers and beer over at Hop Nation USA, and we're going to wish them a heartfelt uh, farewell. Their last show aired in November. They were planning on doing some December stuff before a little bit of icky COVID showed up. Uh, They're done, and it's a bummer. Um, so listen to uh, their sister podcast Halloween Forever and we'll catch you on the other side of this uh, film reel sound thing that <laughs> cheers to you Hop Nation yeah cheers yeah, Steve, guys Steve Adam love you guys
Hello and welcome back to our 184th episode of Hops and Box Office Flops. We are talking 2022's Black Adam, which is the first of our flops of 2022. We've got some lingering questions about the movie. Number one being, what could have fixed this movie? Now, Chumzilla, I'll start with you because you touched on it a bit earlier. So continue some of your thoughts. What could have fixed Black Adam? Okay, so here's my real quick lead pipe lock to fix this movie um, because they did try to make it sort of a, like a, a suicide squad movie. I think they probably should have leaned into that a little harder and made it legitimately a suicide squad type movie in the James Gunn vein. They should have brought in a couple of like D listers first after black Adam appears to try to help bring him in and have him just smoke them. And then come to sort of a like a standoff with like the powers that be, and then have the Justice Society folks come in, and those guys be the ones that eventually so, corral them, okay, bring them in, yeah. and, yeah. Well, and and make it a little less based on that uh, geopolitical angle. Because honestly, I think it leans a little too hard into the whole occupied territory thing. It gets a little like Gaza strippy. It's a little heavy. Make it more comic booky. Have them lump a couple of D-listers, then get brought in by Hawkman, Dr. Fate, and have the movie just be a little more lighthearted. I think that would have been a much better thing. You didn't have to try to make it so edgy and like real because these are pretty fantastical characters and that still lends itself to what's probably the best part of this movie that will never be realized, which is the Henry Cavill cameo at the end. Okay, so and that could have still been there. It would have been great. I I'm gonna go real quick because I've I have almost sure. I don't have a lot of issues with this movie. Um, I think it, I have a I have a lot of fun with it. I saw it twice in theaters. I saw it. I watched it again. I own it. I think it is a fun movie. I like good action, and uh, mm-hmm. there's so, tons of like mediocre comic book movies. And for this to be a 39 when some other stuff is like in the 70s or 80s or 60s or whatever, it's like yeah okay whatever this is not morbius i'm sorry my fix would have been uh check your ego at the door rock introduce yourself at the end of the first shazam this becomes then a movie a prequel to you appearing at the end of that because now you're back so you you set your presence hold on was he offered that uh i believe he was offered to cameo in both shazams but yes the first shazam particular and no no really yes and he didn't want to be a part of that he wanted to establish himself on his own and i get that but shazam or black adam is a shazam villain so show up at the end of that hell yeah then okay how do you come back here's how he came back you can even have henry cavill at the end and then the sequel, instead of Shazam Fury of the Gods, is a much more entertaining Shazam and Superman versus Black Adam, which they've done in comic books, they've done in animation, sure. and it's a lot of fun, and that works, I think, because people needed to know who this guy was. The yeah. only well, glimpse I... of Black Adam you get in Shazam is told through an animated segment by the wizard, yeah. and if you know yeah. who Black uh, Adam is, you know who he's talking about. If you don't, yeah, you catch it. Yeah. like he's an evil wizard. I don't know. Well, I, I, I hate to say it. I realize there's probably a strong interest from the DC people to separate themselves from the Marvel stuff, but there is something to be said about setting up a character 
in that fashion, it works. It works. There's a reason the Marvel stuff works, and it's not magic. It's because that kind of anticipation pays off if you do it the right way. Yeah. So, uh, Captain Cash, how would you fix this movie? So, I think Chumzilla was on the right path, but I, I actually would go the opposite direction on it. I think you do lean into the political stuff because at least then your movie's about something. And having Black Adam and the people of Kondak call out the superheroes as, well, you're really just a projection of the current hegemony. Yes. You yeah. only care about uh-huh. preserving the status quo, but we're all suffering. And at least this guy is going to do something about it. That's actually and the I, strongest I, part of the movie is yeah. where have you been when we've been occupied for the last however many years you never cared before why do you care now yeah don't tell me you're here to to keep the peace and conduct yeah yeah exactly and and having instead black adam kill at least one if not more of the justice society i think really would have been the movie i think you remove the what is the satan character called in this sabak that's it sabak Great card game, you guys. Uh, but remove that character entirely. It's just the Shazam movie, and it's him being an actual anti-hero. Right? If he kills one of the Justice Society, you now he is a lot more morally ambiguous. Or, Every person that The Rock kills in this movie basically tried to kill him first. So it yeah, just they're all bad people. Or maybe have him learn a lesson by the end. I don't know maybe that would be effective instead of like everyone's like you know what he was right the whole time he wasn't though like there there is shades of gray here and he's consistently in pardon the pun the black area like i'm just gonna kill everyone and everybody um so there's a bit of i mean there's also a bit of naivete to hawkman for example um, yeah but well, and, but i mean i think you hit on something there too dubs i mean there's very much a level of 90s edginess applied to the rocks black adam right he's just kind of i'm just kind of bad to the bone he, yeah he says he's a bad guy and not a hero an awful lot for a guy that mostly just does heroic stuff honestly but, but with an edge that's why i kind of dig yeah, the with a murderous tent because it's yeah. just commando with a guy that shoots lightning out of his fingers instead of you know massive bullets like it's kind of neat to watch which, him just murder a bunch some of, of it guys. is pretty cool yeah i mean I, th- there's a ton of potential here i don't understand how wb doesn't want to keep this character around because of all the the shit that we've seen that they're not going to keep this doesn't seem like something they should throw on that same ash heap but whatever yeah so bling blake if you could fix it how would you do it obviously well, for that, you knowing yeah, these great- characters would help right yeah, and I think I think that's a great segue from Chumpzilla. There is that I, I I don't I don't know if it's marketing. I don't know if it's cameos in earlier films. I don't know what it is, but like some introduction to these people, um, telling me who to expect to be in it, and then or, or on the offside. And I didn't know Pierce Brosnan was in this until I was watching it uh and that's a crime right like that's that's a name that would have brought another demographic mostly women my mom's age to come see this movie um and and captain cash 
and Captain Cash. Yeah, obviously, exactly. Frankly, Same and man. me. Like you telling me that you're going to get that handsome fellow in a, in a in a superhero costume, he's putting on the tights. I'm there for it. I, uh, I love these. And, yeah. and he's not here, but also that's a big hit. Yeah, for a cheese. So who does yeah. Pierce Brosnan appeal to? Remington Everybody. Steel fans. <laughs> people, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Right. People, people who like drive-by fruitings. Look, I seven I, fans. <laughs> It was a run by fruiting. In short, everybody. He appeals to everybody. everybody. I mean, I, I love Pierce. So, but like, I, I, so that was a problem though. I mean, I, I didn't know uh, the characters going into it. I didn't really know the actors going oh, into it other so than wait, Blaine, the Rock, you're obviously. You're telling me that when Hawkman shows up, you didn't get a semi? Because that was like... Dude, I was like, I was the right F on is the Hawkman? edge, and then the he Ranger. jumped out of a he jumped out of an airplane that a hole opened up in the bottom of it. And he jumped out in his civvies, and I was like, "Oh, right, well, this guy's pretty cool." Yeah, um, I I liked it that the whole crew was just like, "Oh yeah, fuck parachutes, like we go." Yeah, um, Hawkman was a, a, a fantastic action figure back in the day. Oh geez, we're uh, not going down that road. So number two, now we're gonna get into a bit of uh, the behind the scenes. Birds. So as DC was sort of in flux when uh, Discovery had purchased Time Time Warner or Time Warner from AT and T, so they're in flux. Um, the old guard is out. So uh, Walter Hamada, Toby Emmerich, guys like that. The Rock apparently had a serious play for power, and he pitched his idea for a series of films directly to Zaslav, and this apparently p- pissed people off that would culminate with black Adam facing off against Superman. So it was going to, we were going to get a man of steel two, We're going to get a black Adam sequel. And then we get them fighting each other. Chumso, you said that'd be rad. I think it'd be super rad. Right. I had the perspective of, you know, I took my kids to see this and when Superman showed up, my kids were super excited. And here's the, here's the thing. What you just laid out is effectively fact now, right? The fact. Yeah. That's according to, yeah. The internet, the, the, whatever. And, and and no one's disputing it. The Rock's not saying mom. But what I don't understand and what absolutely baffles me is that this is somehow viewed as sacrilege. Because I guarantee you, on the other side of the coin, on the Disney side of shit, that Robert Downey Jr. pitched shit. I bet you Chris Evans pitched shit. I bet you that uh, Hemsworth probably pitched some stuff that they probably nodded and smiled at and said, yeah, no, thanks, thanks, Thor. Don't worry about it. The fact that the, the Rock gets vilified for trying to step in when there was a power vacuum, which is how this is presented, is that, oh, in the power vacuum, the Rock tried to step in, but he didn't step in with a bunch of shitty ideas. He from what I understand to be the truth, and perhaps it's not, he stepped in with like a legit plan to have some major characters face off in a way that makes sense. And somehow he's the bad guy for trying yeah. to do something with this basically, you know, dead dog of a IP at that point because there's nobody in charge. I, I don't see well, how he's and, the bad guy. And they weren't going to use Superman, as I've yeah, alluded to. Like they and basically everybody loves Cavill. That's yeah. the thing. They seem to want to. They, they seem to want to just piss on any last bit of the Snyderverse. And the one piece of that 
aside from Gal Gadot, that is universally loved is Cavill. Well, Affleck is pretty loved. I mean, I think the but, elements, but yeah, but he, the he never had a solo loved. movie though. He never yeah. stole a movie. Captain Cash, help me out here. Why, why does this seem so bonkers to me? Uh, I think because you have less than half the picture, frankly. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think but, there's a, but, a lot of moving parts, and I think The Rock came in and he knew that there was an existing fan base that really liked Cavill. Yeah. So he pushed for that. I, I can appreciate that he wanted to help out the fans, but at the same time, is this movie that great? And if The Rock, like, I'm not saying The Rock's a writer. I'm right? not. I'm not but saying the whole universe rests here. on this one movie. This movie gets us Black Adam. I still want to see Black Adam punch Superman. I don't mind Black Adam fighting Superman, but Black Adam isn't a Superman villain. He's a Shazam villain. This should have been a spinoff of Shazam, and it's not because. Uh, well, I mean, that's that's Black fair. Adam's no. not a major major villain to begin with, so I'm not really, I'm not really married to him well, fighting uh, one guy over okay. the other. For- yeah, the stupid part about all this, right? Okay, is that a star without an ego isn't a star. This was his movie. It's a star vehicle. Mm-hmm. He they it. The third question basically is: do, Does it appear that somebody at WB has it out for him uh, for the Rock? And for Henry Cavill, for that matter, but for The Rock. For example, that we are now on hit piece, I think, three or four from Variety or uh, several of the trades. The latest one talked about this, him wanting to face off against Superman. But there was also, uh, he didn't promote Super Pets enough. They thought... Yeah, he wanted the producer credit on that, but then like didn't do enough. Yeah, but he was the only one who did anything, so... Again, I mean, so, so somebody was being... him and Kevin Hart are the only people that did anything. Yeah. Who did you guys know John Krasinski's been Superman? Because nobody yeah. else did. So somebody I, I, is being I knew the fed lady from Russian doll was the turtle. And yes, somebody is being fed information, movie. right? Because they're, right. they're no. trashing the rock. Now, stick with me. Here's another sticking point. The rock insisted at the New York City premiere of Black Adam that at the bar they had they feature his tequila. And they're like, well, it's a PG-13 movie. Why would we have a bar? And I, not being an idiot, who doesn't just consume any trades articles without thinking, is because it's a movie premiere, dumb shits. Yeah, and people no. drink at movie premieres because movie kids, premieres don't invite children. They kids don't show, bars up. The kids don't show up unattended at those things. Yeah, I mean, I personally, personally, it became very clear to me after reading those two things that, yeah, for whatever reason, The Rock rubbed WB the wrong way, which, fine, you guys can have your personal differences, but that just goes, in my opinion, to show that WB doesn't understand what they're doing. But who, they want to pick, they who want to is pick doing these, this now? They want to pick these fights with what's arguably one of the biggest stars on the planet who's trying to help them, who's, in my opinion, pitching them great ideas for shit that the fans want to see and they're just fucking shitting on it because they think they're smarter than he is. For for no good reason, because I'm sorry, show me the box office numbers. Who makes more money? WB and the crap they've been putting out or The Rock? Because that guy makes bank. Well, just for for example, right? Whatever. uh, The Suicide Squad, directed by now the head of 
the studio, one half of the head of the studio, made less than half mm-hmm. of this. And Shazam made less than this. Uh, so somebody now James Gunn hasn't been the only one debunking stupid articles because the rock came out and debunked this latest variety article article called it bullshit. And obviously if you read between the lines, most of this is clickbait. People want you to click. Nobody knows what's actually happening. They're just generating clicks and they're prognosticating because that's how they make money. Sure. But it is a little weird that The Rock, who was the internet's darling for so many years, is suddenly public enemy number one for really trying hard to get this movie put out and being the singular force behind this movie getting put out and basically yeah. promoting the hell out of everything he's been in for WB. I don't get it. Like the movie or not, he works really like hard. really to promote shit i don't get it yeah no this seems like a really weird fight for them to pick it really does i i don't get the sense it's a fight or a conspiracy necessarily no i'm not oh they are they're clearly they are clearly trying to besmirch his good name in the public arena look i want to go out on the record right now and tell you that if any of you guys invite me to your children's birthday parties and you don't serve beer i'm not coming so okay. the fact the the fact that that he wants to have his tequila featured at a bar at the premiere is not telling of him being a bad person or a bad player. Like I, I'm pretty sure Aviation Gin had a good spot at the Deadpool premieres. Yeah, and I'm you sure mean that Pikachu. And I'm yeah, that thank you. That uh, too. And and I'm pretty sure that uh that 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 Casamigos tequila has had a prominent place at every one of Clooney's uh, events in the past however many years. He didn't invent something. He's not being a bad person. He promoted Super Pets with Kevin Hart more than anybody else did. Like, it, it does feel a bit like a hit job, and it doesn't seem like there's any reason for it. Like, this movie's not that bad. He's just trying to make money like everybody else in that town. The way I look at it is they're trying to blame him for... I, I'm, I'm assuming Super Pets underperformed a bit. Well, they and, both both these movies underperformed, right? So they're basically just saying like, "Hey, look, Rock, fuck you," and he's like, "Hey, we're you know they weren't complete duds." Like, no, work, and- work, work with me here because I think it's fair to say that they were they were a little bit like already in the hole and they they're still working their way out of it, and he's trying to give them like you know out it's like hey guys here's here's what we can do to turn this thing around and at this point like ah no we had two subpar outings with you we're not interested and i think that's a huge misstep on their part because he's still a huge star well everybody loves him this movie is not a dud it it underperformed but it's got the character has potential they should definitely consider moving forward with it there's no reason which is probably the biggest tragedy of this whole controversy, quote unquote, is that if this kills the rock is black Adam, that's a, that's a big miss. And and if this is the nail in Henry Cavill's Superman coffin, uh, all the more worse, because he's one of the few things that was universally absolutely loved out of those movies. That breaks my heart. That he's- uh, not, not, not to, not to knock Gal Gadot, uh, uh, you know, Aquaman or, 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 Batfleck, but still, Cavill was great. 
And he had a solo film. He had a little more skin in the game than the bat flick, but whatever. Moving it on. uh it does seem like it's the nail in the coffin, but damn. Uh The Rock met with Gunn. He was told we have no plans. And mm. Cavill met yep. with Gunn and he said we're headed in a different direction. And so let, let me ask you this, T dubs, just to totally derail the conversation. If the rumors are true, and as a big Superman guy yourself, do you want a young Superman? Is that the Superman that you're really looking for right now? No, um, but I, I trust. Just, I think like it's a I weird way to take trust it. James Gunn. But at the same time, like we're all old, right? We sit, yeah. we get on the internet, we complain about silly things that don't really matter. Mm-hmm. But it's like my my kids watch this movie; they were excited, and then they're like, "When's the sequel?" I'm like. There's no sequel, guys. Sorry. Never. I'm sorry. And that's I, it's different I, when it's a movie from like 1995. Because you yeah. know, I'm over, like, but they were like, oh, they're excited, and they don't even really know that Superman. But now yeah. it's well, like we're gonna wait thing. five yeah. years for whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Something man. It's else just to like come. it's a cycle of it's a perpetual cycle of of disappointment and mediocrity, well, and it never is gonna end as a DC fan. It's like rooting for the bills throughout the 90s like (laughs) oh no oh it's it's not quite that bad but it's getting there but i think you make an excellent point though as fans of our age is the 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 elder millennials you know the wannabe gen xers i don't want a super boy i don't want a teen superman i was i was ready for henry cavill's superman to come into his own and face off against some of his bigger villains because he's he's gotten through Zod. We we got through something that resembles a doomsday. He comes back like th- he was a he was a somewhat seasoned Superman that we could have seen face off on or face off against uh, anybody in his rogues gallery at that point. I mean, the world was his uh literal oyster at that point but that's that's all gone now and that's well, kind of disappointing i don't want to start again we we had a superman that was ready to, yeah. to do stuff if you throw yeah. the, if you throw the baby out with the bathwater, you're giving away a lot of good but i guess you know maybe that's what you have to do i guess we'll see what they're gonna do i don't know but no i would not have thrown away this superman yeah, uh, so, so let's get it. to something more fun which is best action scene or moment from the film or best kill Bling Blake. My favorite kill easily was the one where he tracks down the dude on the uh, the hover bike and throws oh. him to the mountains. <laughs> and, and, and Dr. Fate's like, like, oh, don't worry. Like, we can still we can still question the the, the driver. I'll, I'll break his mind. And he kind of he kind of stammers for a second. He killed him, didn't you? He looks at the mountains and then the impact happens. It's good. He didn't make it. I love that. Uh, I love that scene. That was my favorite. My favorite kill. Um, You know, I went around and around with uh, Mrs. Bling over dinner about what our favorite scene was. And, you know, kind of going back to our previous point, like the only reason why she just she agreed to watch this movie with me was because The Rock was in it. So take that for whatever it's worth. She really liked the one in the, the, the second one in the tomb, you know, where, where everybody's being held hostage and uh, she gives back the, the I, I, do I do spoilers in this? She gives back the crown and because she's like, she was, she liked the emotion behind the fight. Everybody was, everybody was protecting somebody and trying yeah. to do something. Yeah. 
Um, that was really cool when, when the explosion happened and you kind of get a little bit more of Black Adam's things. But I think still for me, it was just when he went nuclear on all the dudes at the beginning. That was so good. Like, like painted black by the Rolling Stones. Which yeah, is- I think that really, I think that one really took it for me. Very rad. Captain Cash. I, I mean, I'm glad Bling Blake picked that because I feel like I'm going to pick what to me is the obvious one, which is the first fight scene. I just, when he catches the bullet and does your magic is weak, I'm like, uh, okay, <laughs> this is pretty good. And like that first, that first five minutes where he just messes up Intergang, it's like, oh, okay, this is going to be good. I like this. I mean, it's it's Mortal Kombat fatalities that I get to watch for you know yeah. five minutes, but I'm okay with that. It, uh, it's kind of what I'm here for, frankly. This movie nails that guy has the powers of a god. Like, oh yeah, and, and honestly, in that first in that first fight scene, watching it, I felt like I hadn't felt since I watched Man of Steel, where I went, okay, like the punches land and it looks like it hurts and yeah. It's a, there are consequences for the people uh-huh. who catch it. It's a it, far cry from Superman 2 where Christopher Reeve is spinning a dummy version of one of one of the Kryptonians and throwing him into a Coca-Cola sign at like slow motion speed. <laughs> hey now, let's not let's not shit on Superman. I mean, I love too. Superman too, but like like Man of Steel in this movie nail what it would be like to be a god amongst men. I, yeah, no. I, I love I mean, I love when they do the they do those slow motion scenes and the and the person is moving and and like taps stuff and makes it like what was the it was the X Men yeah, yeah one of the first class yeah right Quicksilver in that little room man mm-hmm. that that was so good I really enjoyed that one and that that was so reminiscent of that movie when he yeah. the helicopter blade and the 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 grenade and the the missile I liked all that I thought that's fun yeah because I would say the grenade when he sticks the grenade in the guy's mouth just fantastic but also when he uses the uh warp of the bike he throws the guy off the bike and then warps the bike into it like it catches him in the air as it warps to where he's gonna land and it explodes that's incredible that's mm-hmm. a great kill that's fantastic but because you guys chose the the painted black and and sort of the the scene where he's reborn i like when he escapes amanda waller's undersea prison and he's a man and he's just fighting for his life. It's incredible. Yeah, which which is very, very Batman warehouse scene. Well, it's like, the, that's, that's a very visceral. It's, uh, it's not, yeah. it's no, not I, Stefan, the greatest action scene of all time in a comic book movie, all right? Let's be careful I, I, but, here. But, I, but I'm, I'm saying you could see where they took that inspiration. In my opinion, that's a strong point because it's like, hey, look, there's a stylistic through line in these movies you get that very brutal grounded fight scene in, in that bit. But it's still very 300 with like the I think we talked about earlier, the slow-mo yeah, slow and the and speed it's, up. It's, and it's, it's more dramatic. But you sure. also, yeah. you see f- for the first time, like, and, and then the movie fails to capitalize on how he's learned from his mistakes, but that he's a man fighting for his country and fighting for the, the spirit of his son. And he's going to yeah. get out of there because yeah. he knows, all right, like I, I have to succeed like i do have a purpose in life he's learning to be the hero of his people yeah and then the movie kind of squanders all that by the end but whatever so what do you think well well, no i i'm with uh the rest of the pod i mean that the opening fight scene when he fights the fighter jets it's amazing that's great action 
hands down some of the best superhero action we've seen again uh, a god amongst men very clear it's great but as far as so, still those are my favorite kills uh, the kills at the end seem a little gratuitous in my opinion but at the beginning he doesn't know any better it fits with the character that he's brutal i love it but my favorite action scenes in the movie i have to admit i love all the special effects that went into the Hawkman costume the special effects any, in this movie are good yes they they're are tight good. i think yeah. they're tight yeah, anytime Hawkman is in battle, I am there 100%. I love it. That doesn't make any sense. They don't explain it. But you know what? I don't care because it looked awesome. So I really thought the Hawkman's helmet was pretty weak and the CGI on some what? was brutal. Coming from a Thor 4 fan, I don't know if we can take you seriously. <laughs> bad helmets? You want to talk about bad yeah. helmets? Hawk, <laughs> yes. Hawkman's fine. I yeah. don't know, like as someone who makes a lot of helmets, oh my god, really no, attentive no, to that stuff, no. I saw the way the ears kind of bend and get real thin, and I'm like, I that just does not work. At least me. it wasn't now, a again, CGI helmet; it was an opinion, actual helmet. The thing, opinion, somebody actually made it, unlike Thor's ridiculous fucking helmet in Thor Four. Yeah, in fairness, yeah. I actually made a Thor Four yes. helmet. I know, which, which, which they should least. have done. And they did not, which they should have done. I agree. But I I don't know the the Hawkman helmet in particular. I remember sitting in the theater and going, this does not work. Did you see it in IMAX? I saw it in IMAX. I don't. I I watched it today again in 4K. And uh, uh, Sabak is, uh, I mean, he's obviously a full CGI character. And I don't really like the character, Uh, but he looks Let me ask you a question, T-Dubs. Is that his look in the comics is he a, a devil man in the I, comics? yeah he looks a little pretty much like that okay uh, but I, I'm, I'm not, not again i'm not like the biggest black adam fan of the world but yeah i don't yeah. think they there was a big that wasn't like a huge detour yeah. from what he is because to be honest like his, his uh design was a little generic okay so uh let's take our Second break, we're going to hear a brand new needle drop from our uh, Wobam Entertainment brethren over the Double Turn podcast. And when we come back, we've got the Teth Adam trivia challenge. Hey, everyone, it's the J-Man, and I'm the host of the Double Turn podcast. Every month, myself and a featured guest bring you the best in pro wrestling talk. Whether it's previews and reviews on pay-per-view events, discussing the hottest topics in the industry, or taking a look back at some of the greatest matches and moments in history. So check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and the Anchor app. And give us a follow on Twitter at TDT Wrestling Pod and on Instagram at The Double Turn Podcast. And don't forget to check out our home base at wabamentertainment.com for all your comic book and movie needs. And check out our sister podcast, Hops and Box Office Flops. Enjoy, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Hello, and welcome back to our 184th episode of Hops and Box Office Flops. We're talking Black Adam, and we're on to the Teth Adam Trivia Challenge. Tonight, we've got a standard five-question, multiple-choice format quiz. And you'll be playing for one half of the villain Sabak, who Black Adam tore in half like a failed algebra test. The chime-ins are, tell them the man in black sent you, and heroes don't kill people. And then you can say, yeah, but I do. (laughs) Or any of the pod stalwarts. Good luck, gentlemen. By the way, I realize why I love this movie so much. It's essentially just an 80s action movie where the hero was supposed to kill 300 people. (laughs) 
when he when he was trying to get the the his catchphrase in before people die, it was killing me. When he dropped the dude, he was like, uh, oh, the man you. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, just great. Good. Catchphrase that, before that was, got it. Yep. That was one of the better jokes in the movie. Really yeah, was. was well, the sarcasm yeah. joke with Dr. Fate, also solid. Also good. Also, mm-hmm. also solid. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Number one. So as I mentioned in the uh, tale of the tape, Colette Sarah directed several Liam Neeson movies, including The Commuter. What was the title of The Commuter in Japan? Was it A, Action Train? Was it B, Deadly Cargo? Was it C, Train Mission? Or was it D, Train of Bullets? But I do. Uh, That was a tie, but I'm going to give it to Trumpzilla. I believe it's C. It is Train Mission. You remembered from when I sent you that picture, I think. I did I? Maybe I did. I sent you that picture when I was in Japan, and I was so excited that the commuter was called Train Mission. <laughs> train Mission. It, it just uh, sounds very utilitarian. I love. Yeah. It. So that is true. That, that when I opened my Netflix in Japan, the commuter was Train Mission. So it is one nothing, Chumzilla. We're on to number two. The Justice Hoorah. Society debuted in 1940 in All Star Comics number three. The group included all of the following except, was it A, Atom Smasher? Was it B, Dr. Fate? Was it C, Green Lantern? Or was it D, Hawkman? I'm going to shoot. Uh, Bling Blake. Green Lantern. Incorrect. Damn it. Yeah, that, that, was the, that was the golden age Green Lantern, yeah. the, the, the goofy collared case. Alan one. Scott is yeah. his name, sir. There we go. Put some respect on it. And while you may not know the correct answer, Bling Blake, I do. Mm. It's Adam Smasher. It was Adam Smasher. Exactly. The Adam was an original member, which the is Adam, Adam Smasher's was, godfather. Yes. So there we go. Not his uncle. And different from the later version of the Adam, which is essentially Ant Man. Yes. Yeah. Number three. So it's one to one, Chumpzilla and Captain Cash. Mm. Skunked. Number I really three. am taking Mary McCheese's place in these quizzes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I figured you'd be kind of screwed after you're like, I don't know who any of these characters are. Yeah, so I'm you, not going to do well. Uh, you're, you're toast. <laughs> uh, number three, Black Adam appears to been to have been put on ice for the foreseeable future, but it did gross more than all of these films that went on to get sequels, except for was it A Batman Begins? Was it B, Captain America, the first Avenger? Was it C, X-Men First Class? Or was it D, Kingsman, the Secret Service? I'm going to shoot. Bling Blake. Kingsman, the Secret Service. Kingsman made $404 million. Batman Begins made, I think, $347. Uh, Captain America made $360 or $370-something. Yeah, uh... And X-Men First Class made three, uh, made $20 million less than this, something like that. I'm, I'm my numbers are a little bit fuzzy, but yes. So Batman begins. Why do you give movies room to breathe? We get the greatest comic book movie of all time by our estimation in our top five comic book movie countdowns with mm-hmm. the Dark Knight. So good. Uh, and Batman begins made less than Superman returns. Captain America, the first Avenger, right? You're establishing a lesser known uh, or less popular character. Yeah. Then we get the greatest Marvel movie of all time. Captain America, the Winter yeah. Soldier. And you, you can't deny the fact that getting Joe Johnston to do 
Captain America, the first Avenger wasn't a master stroke because oh, we Jesus, all agree that okay. no, just oh, God. the Rocketeer was the Rocketeer was great. Given given Good the movie. Rocketeer guy, uh Captain America was a brilliant move. Okay. Uh, it, it paid off. It paid anyway, off. That's all I'm anyway, saying. X-Men First Class, a great reboot. Mm-hmm. X-Men Days of Future Past, widely considered to be at least the second best X-Men movie. So very good. You give movies with lesser known commodities sometimes room to breathe. Now, Batman, of course, after the Dark Knight, like he is the most bankable DC commodity after sort of like he wasn't cool for a while because they nearly ruined him with Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. So just kind of silly to but just but Kingsman are the Kingsman movies are so good. I just want to say that. Uh Kingsman one is very good. Kingsman two is very enjoyable. Uh, the prequel Kingsman is so so. I'm more yeah, excited for the the third part of whatever. I tale want Taron to come yeah. back. Yeah. yeah, the first. Yeah, I agree. the The prequel was me, but I really liked the first two a lot. Like I like Taron and Colin Firth. They're they're fun together. They're they're great. Uh, so we are now one to one to one with two questions to go. Number four, one of WB's issues with The Rock, as we said, was his insistence to have a tequila bar at the New York City premiere of Black Adam. What is his brand of tequila? Was it A, Casanoble? Was it B, De Leon? Was it C, Sincoro? Or was it D, Terramana? Heroes don't kill people. Bling Blake. That's going to be D, Terramana. It is Terramana. Um, Casanoble is Carlos Santana's. Really? Uh, wait, 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 hold on. T dubs, are these all real tequilas? Yes, I did make any of these up. This is how oh. this is how widespread celebrity <laughs> tequila is. By the well, way, I had B as Casamigos, but Bling Blake knew that one so well I had to change it to De Leon, dude. which is Sean Puffy Combs's tequila. Dude, wait, straight wait. up Ca- Casamigos he- Repostado is my favorite tequila of all time. It is one of the best drinks you will ever have. I drink it on the rocks. I love it. It's in my liquor cabinet right now. And so is Terramana. I use it for my, my margaritas. So give us that tequila money, friends. Oh, wow. For We're back though, in the wait, sponsorship so, so are, business. Wait, are we burying the lead here? P. Diddy has a tequila? Hell yeah. He, he, also, he also has a vodka. Well, I knew the vodka, but he's got yeah. tequila too. Wow. Okay. And Sincoro. Tequila has anti-inflammatory properties, so it's yeah. good for our old rugby bodies. Yeah. Are you? I, I did not know that. I, sh- I should be drinking more margaritas. Apparently. It's good for you. Sincoro is uh, Michael Jordan's tequila. So, oh, is that yeah. with like the tears of his? It's the sad Jordan face. Because it's Jordan tears. Yeah. like Del Toro. <laughs> Straight out of the gas can. Yeah. So it is two to one to one, Bling Blake. We're on to number five. And I feel like this is going to favor Captain Cash. Because oh, no. he is the biggest nerd of us all. In Black Adam lore, the term Shazam stands for the stamina of Shu, the swiftness of Heru, the strength of Aman, the wisdom of Zahuti, the power of Adam, and is it A, the courage of Mahan, B, the courage of Manaf, C, the courage of Manat, or D, the courage of Matani? I'm going to shoot! Bling Blake. Oh, I didn't say shit. Didn't say, wait, uh, no, uh, Ca- uh, Captain Cash said uh, Farts Captain and Tarts. Cash. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Captain Cash. <laughs> Don't you put that evil Manani? on me. <laughs> it is not Mitani. Uh, wait, wait, which, which one was that? 
That was D. So it's either A, Mahan, B, Manaf, or C, Manat. And by the way, I did look all these up. These are technically Middle Eastern deities from different regions of the Middle East. Oh, well so. done. Look wow. at you. Yeah. Wow. Farts and tarts. Uh, Chubzilla. I believe it is C. It is not Manat. <sighs> so Bling Blake, you're down to Rat A, farts. Mahan, or B, Manaf. I'm going to go with A, Mahan. Mahan is the correct answer. It is the courage of Mahan. You are the winner, despite our bonus point question, which is what does Shazam stand for in Captain Marvel? Does anybody know? What does Shazam stand for in Captain Marvel? The wisdom of Athena. The speed of Mercury. That's really all. So the superpowers. Solomon. Hercules, Atlas, Zeus, Achilles, Mercury. Yeah. Ah, yeah. That's 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 good. That's a good mix. I like it. Yeah. It's also a mix of Roman and Greek gods, but that's fine too. Hey, no worries. Hey, it's comic books, right? It's comic books for kids. It's cool. And he's played by Kurt Warner. Yeah. You know, in in Thor four, Russell Crowe was playing a vaguely Italian Zeus who was, you know. (laughs) Dude. I mean, I hey, uh, I I really enjoyed him though. I thought he was fun. Uh, he was vaguely Italian, but I really loved him. Well, you, you know what's you know as much as we want to dog on some of these DC movies for their attempts at like a a sequel or continuation, is there anything more emptily ambitious than the Hercules? Tease in Thor four. Oh, that's yeah. going. That's going nowhere, right? Like talk that, about that dude. No. That dude's done. Like that's talk, never happened. Yeah. Talk about a character nobody knows. And there's like, oh, it's that, it's that guy from uh, from Joe, uh, from Ted Lasso. Oh, it's that guy. But who is Ew. he? Yeah. <laughs> who who <laughs> the fuck are you? <laughs> that's going nowhere. <laughs> was it Coach? Was it Coach Beard? Is that who played him? Uh. uh I don't even. I don't. I never watched. Oh, Ted yeah, you Lasso, don't watch but, Ted Lasso. I know. But uh, Captain Cash told me people were very excited, and he didn't know why either. And I go, I think it's because the guy's in Ted Lasso. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's going nowhere, folks. They not not happening. Not it's happening. not not my recommendations, uh, but watch wait, Ted Lasso. Is, is that Fantastic. worse than Harry Styles showing up with the really poorly CGI'd? Uh, <laughs> no, because you know what? Uh, he, he is actually popular and people actually care about that person. Whether or not that ever really does anything, who knows? But at least that's a name. But yeah, that uh, Kevin Feige's not returning that dude's calls right now. They're all going straight to voicemail. <laughs> if I had a nickel for every time I have stayed to watch to the end credit scene of a Marvel film and had young women in my immediate vicinity literally scream at, with excitement at a cameo i would have two nickels which isn't a lot but it's weird that it's happened twice yeah 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 all right so uh we're on to recommendations so gentlemen what do you have on tap for us this week chumpzilla kick us off i'm okay. sure it's on Tubi. so it, it is it is um to be. so the Tubi is Give us that Tubi money. Yeah, come on. Tubi and booty. Where, where's the cash at here? Uh, seriously, uh, all things uh, being equal, being the age that I am in my 40s, I was aware of Enron as being a scandal and you know some sort of sham company and 
Enron. It's a thing. And this SARS Bain Zoxley, we have like laws now because of that. But I never really understood exactly what they did. I mean, I knew that it was energy related and they were kind of based out of Houston and it was just some sort of scam deal. But then when the FTX, you know, crypto exchange collapsed, it kind of struck me as odd. I'm like, it seems vaguely similar. I'm like, I think that's kind of like the same thing where they like the crypto Enron. And so I got a little curious about it and I found this documentary on Tubi called the smartest guys in the room. And it came out uh, back in the uh, mid 2000s. And it's a relatively thorough breakdown of the Enron scandal. And it kind of fills in uh, a lot of the details as to how they came to power, how they became a big, uh, you know, know, a quote unquote successful company, and then how it all fell apart. It's pretty interesting, because like, I, I, again, I was sort of aware of Enron as a thing, but I never really understood exactly what they were doing. And this, uh, this documentary does a good job laying it out. And it's, it honestly is not that uh, all different from what the FTX guys are doing. You know, basically, they were a, a, a funny box that created value. And then they brought in money and it just kind of turned into a Ponzi scheme. So yeah, uh, that's my recommendation this week. Check it out on Tubi. Smartest guys in the room. Uh, it's the Enron story, and uh, apparently, it's a, a tale as old as time. Song as old as rhyme, Grifter mm-hmm. and the Beast. Yep, uh, Bling Blake, what do you have for us? Um, I've got a couple this week, but before I get into it, I want to take my brief soapbox moment, uh, to just say that you know, three of us, uh, were at the Bengals Bills. Monday night football game last week. And uh, we saw what happened to uh, Bill's player, DeMar Hamlin. And that was really uh, scary and terrifying. But what was amazing was how much this country came together and people all over the world um, rallied behind an athlete that was, that was uh, injured and and, uh, had his life on the line. And it was really amazing. And I just want to say that that was, one of the coolest things I've ever seen um, as a, as a sports fan. Um, And I wanted to say other than uh, my recommendation is prayers for DeMar, uh, but just, uh, you know, be, be on that. And and if you have any chance to to know that story, that's, it's worth knowing. Yes. hundred percent. And thank you to Cincinnati for being so awesome as a bills fan. I was pretty moved by how, gracious and how everybody understood the severity of that moment and bills and Bengals fans came together and it it was in a really tough moment uh especially being in the stadium and and us three not knowing what the hell was going on like you couldn't tell what was happening and it was scary stuff and thankfully he's doing much much better now he's uh seems to be on the road to recovery and uh yeah. yeah, but that's, you know, that shows you that, you know, men are still good as Batman well, said. Yeah. I, I just wanna, Things I are just, bigger than sports. Yeah, I just want to point out, because as you you said, Bling, the three of us were there. Sorry, Captain Cash, you should have bought right. a ticket. We um, invited him, but he doesn't know what sports are. Yeah, <laughs> it's really sports. weird. He's like, the, you want me to come to the zoo? There's tigers, you, but no. You were going to spend that money on that ticket. That's for yeah. damn sure. Um, 
it, it was a surreal experience in the stands. And uh, to your point, T-Dubs, I, I do, I mean, as a Bengals fan, uh, displaced a bit, I give credit to the locals. I, I think they handled it quite well because it was a very surreal experience to be there. And I give, I give a lot of credit to uh, Zach Taylor and Sean McDermott. They handled that quite well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the two head coaches, they were in full command of their teams. And those guys made the right call to call call things that night, and uh, it was it was it was a unique experience, and I, I I'm just glad that everything has turned out well because, as far as we know right now, uh, Demar Hamlin's doing well, and fingers crossed he gets a full recovery. Amen. And it was just that was yeah that was just a, that was a nuts experience for a Monday night football game. Yeah, um, and you can still donate to his toy drive which is yes up over well like over seven million seven million dollars yeah amazing uh, but, but you know a recommendation i would have is just to donate to a, a good cause that you know because life is too short like for example john murphy longtime bills radio announcer just had a stroke and uh it's, he has a charity out there and i'm going to donate to that as well it's just like you know like sh- you never know what's going to happen and you know, be, be good to people and donate to worthy causes and just be a good human. Cause it costs nothing to be good and to be nice. That's right. Being kind is free. Yeah. Yes, it is. Thanks. And that kind of leads me into my recommendation. Uh, this is nothing to do with what we talked about tonight at all. Um, my recommendation is available on HBO max right now. And it is called the Banshees of Inishirin. Oh, um, oh yeah. Nice. Yeah, so uh, nice. starring Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. Um, they're back together. Uh, if you ever watched In Bruges, which was a lot of fun, yeah, uh, great which, movie. Which should also be a recommendation if you haven't watched In Bruges. Yeah, if you haven't watched In Bruges, you should, you should go out and watch that as well. But The Banshees of Inishirin, uh, it's incredibly well acted. It is a dark dramedy. It's um, well acted, man. It, it, yeah. it can be kind of brutal from time to time. It can be a little hard to watch, um, which again, I'm still angling for uh, us to eventually do a hops and hard to watch flops whenever we feel like we need to have some some masochistic tendencies for a month. But Banshee's have been a sharing. It's just, it's really good. Uh, it's definitely worth watching. Um, it's not lighthearted <laughs> at all, but it's it's phenomenal. Um, and then my second recommendation this week uh, is probably a bit of a self uh, promotion plug, but there is a new documentary out from NRS Films, which is a company that I work for, NRS, uh, called A River Out of Time. And oh. it's a documentary about uh, the Grand Canyon and it being dewatered and drying up. Um, I'm an old uh, river runner myself. I've done Two, two trips down the Grand Canyon, um, the, the Colorado River to the Grand Canyon. And uh, if, if you're a boatman, if you're a river runner, if you've never been on the water, uh, if you're familiar with, with boats at all, um, A River Out of Time is a really uh, poignant documentary about what is happening in the American Southwest and, uh, and our water rights down there. So um, yeah, check that one out if you guys get a chance. Sorry, I'm a, bum- I'm a bummer on Rex this week. I apologize. No, I mean, I was going to recommend the Banshees of Inishirin as well. Uh, it's, oh, nice. How about that? <laughs> yeah, I, we uh, watched it last weekend. Uh, it's one of those movies, just kind of go along with it, where the plot is very basic. The 
plot itself i don't actually think gets resolved so not it's really. not a movie where it's like here's a story it's more of a vibe for lack of a better expression blake is right it is not light it get it starts kind of funny and it's haha until then it's not and then it is full-on tragic so i mean it's, I don't a, know. it's, it's worth an acting movie out, but it is right like it's a performance movie. movie yeah oh yeah i mean you you can tell that whoever wrote it was involved with theater because a lot of it is just two well, people talking in a room yeah it was directed by martin mcdonough who i believe did he do in bruges as well but he did like he three did. billboards and three billboards yes, in ebbing missouri like uh-huh. he generally makes uh, movies that are darker but very much uh, character uh personal driven, character driven stuff yeah, yeah. yeah. And I and to your point, Kevin, I believe Martin McDonough did start all of his uh, his early career is in the theater. Um, I don't yeah. think he went straight to film. He's it, he's, yeah. he's a theater writer, and it's it's just so good. And yeah, I really think Colin Farrell is an underrated actor um, in terms of his actual acting chops. If you Take it easy, sweetheart. <laughs> yeah, I say between this and the Batman, though, you know, like, right? Well, I think his performances, he, it's amazing. He just, he just got too much ass as an actor. I think he, he did. Well, he got sober ball. and then he made the. I don't if you guys haven't watched The Lobster, uh, that's a really oh, yeah, quirky, weird movie. Yeah, that is yeah. just like, like he's a really good actor. Um, he and is, Brandon yeah. Gleason is, is he's obviously he's, just phenomenal. He, yeah, he's he, he is talented. That's the, no yeah. denying well, that he's a very talented actor. Yeah. Bullseye probably maybe, sold him short, I think. Yeah, maybe he hasn't quite like nailed his career, but yeah, Colin Farrell. Oh no, I think Colin Farrell has totally nailed his career. He's he's been in all fantastic films for like a decade, and he was the yeah. only watchable thing about uh, True Detective season two. Uh, uh, the Total Recall. Well, okay. SWAT. All right, listen, that was over a decade ago. Phone <laughs> booth. <laughs> But uh, uh, the killing of a sacred deer. You let him get away uh, with Daredevil. Yeah, those these oh, are right. all well, over a decade. Again, like, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, he was in that Jesse James movie too. It's he's great. Yes. He's good. I love him. Yeah. Listen, I I did say nice the last chalice. Decade. I didn't say 2004 Ben Affleck and Bondage. Okay. I said stop kink shaming me. Yeah. All right. So my recommendation, and I'm staying on the much smaller film kick. Because uh, I've been watching stuff, but mostly like uh, continuing uh, Tulsa King, which is phenomenal. And if you're not watching it, then you're an idiot. It's so good. Oh, God, Stallone. God, I could watch Stallone bash a man's head in all day. <laughs> I had to. Uh, but yeah, it's, you could. it's Enough Said, which is a 2013 film. It's on Hulu. Stars Julia Louis-Dreyfus and James Gandolfini in his penultimate role. And it's about two people finding love later in life. And one of them being Julia Louis-Dreyfus is getting caught between her new relationship and the ex of her new beau who complains about him all the time. And then she starts like basically becoming hypercritical of him because she's seeing the flaws that are being manifested in her by the ex. It's just a really well-acted movie. It's a very sweet movie. It's funny. And it reminded me, one... Right, Julia Louis Dreyfus is incredible. She's an incredible comedic actress, and James Gandolfini is just so sorely missed as a screen presence. 
he's so understated he's a thousand percent different than he is as tony soprano and as he is in true romance and gosh man he was great so it's it's really good it's short it's on hulu and uh, i highly recommend it it got great reviews when it came out way back in 2013 i just hadn't watched it yet so also watch the sopranos again god that's good yeah so good that was good intensity defined yeah. You, so you know what? I have not watched a ton of the Sopranos, but I do have one burning question. Whatever happened to those Russian guys? Never resolved. Never resolved. Yeah. Never. Right? Actually, I mean actually I they saw... they paid off a bunch of congressmen. <laughs> just oh my god, just big Gates. time players. Matt Gates! They, okay. They're the guy they're the guys that found Joe Bi- or uh, Hunter Biden's laptop. Yeah, That's... they're the they actually oh my produced god. my son Hunter. That's what they've been doing after oh they escaped the woods. We are in the darkest timeline. Fuck. Yeah. Uh, All right. So anyways, you can find the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Hops and Flops. You can find myself on Twitter at WriterTLK. Captain Cash can be found at C-A-P-T-C-A-S-H on most social media. Chumpzilla can be found at Chumpzilla8 on Twitter. McCheese, who again, we are, uh, you know, he's been kidnapped and probably put in a bunker somewhere, is at HPF McCheese on Twitter. And Bling Blake can be found at Bling Blake on Twitter. Don't forget to check out Wabam Entertainment at wabamentertainment.com. If you enjoy the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and be sure to like, share, and subscribe and connect with us on social media to share ideas for future episodes. In the end, listeners, remember one thing. Fate does not make mistakes. We'll see you next week for our second flop of 2022, The Northman, starring Eric Northman. Sucky. So